Hello, I'm Jennifer Thompson and you're listening to 2XXFM 98.3 People Powered Radio. This week on Subject ACT, we are celebrating National Volunteers Week 2017 and today we're going to hear about volunteering at Lifeline here in Canberra. To discuss this, we welcome to the studio Tracy McMahon, who is a training manager at Lifeline, and John, who is a Lifeline volunteer. Tracy, I think most people have heard of Lifeline and possibly use the services of, of Lifeline, but we might have a, a refresher or an overview um, of who is Lifeline. Sure, thanks Jennifer. So you're right, I'd like to hope and, and think that most people have heard of Lifeline. Um, and are familiar with our 13, 11, 14 crisis line, which is a 24-7 helpline for anybody at any time for any reason. Lifeline is really unique and special in that it is open 24-7 because we know that unfortunately people tend to need the service outside of business hours. Fortunately though, Lifeline is there for those people in those hours where perhaps they can't get the help that they need at that time or they don't have the support that they really need at that time. That's the main, uh, the main service, the main purpose of, of Lifeline though. It is a, a multifaceted organisation. There's 41 centres all around the country, Lifeline Canberra being one of them. All centres have different um, sort of streams coming from what they might do in that centre. Lifeline Canberra, we are obviously part of that national picture. We answer the 13, 11, 14 phone line, though we also do education programs, training to the community in all things that are Lifeline, so suicide prevention, stress management, mental health awareness, domestic and family violence intervention. You know, that's just to name name a few. Uh, obviously, we also have our infamous book fairs in Canberra, yep. um, which are absolutely crucial to us uh, running as a service. That's our main fundraising stream, um, mm. our main revenue stream, sorry. So, uh, you know, that's uh, just a couple of things that Lifeline Canberra do. And as I said, many of the centres around Australia will have their own ways of, of making sure that they are also part of that ne- national picture to answer the 13, 11, 14 service that everybody knows you know, that um, sits with the Lifeline brand. Uh, as we mentioned, there's the, the National uh, Lifeline, and I'm interested in uh, the ACT aspect of Lifeline. Are there certain aspects that are different? Um, do, do certain regions require or tend to need different services? Um, is there, are there things like that that change as per the region? Uh, slightly, yes. So the one thing that doesn't change is if you are under the Lifeline brand, you're under the Lifeline brand. You're representing the 13, 11, 14 crucial service. Um, however, other, other centres will offer different services to their community. So, for example, some of the centres, um, you know, they might offer face-to-face counselling. Uh, we don't offer that here in Lifeline Canberra, um, but, you know, we, we have our book fairs as an offset to that. So... Every centre around the country will do something slightly different that's going to work for their community because obviously all of our communities are different. So the centres are set up to make sure that they service their community in the best way that they possibly can. And who can call the Lifeline helpline and when is it appropriate to call? I think sometimes people perhaps um, might think, oh, is this really an emergency situation? Is it okay, you know, for me to use the number, or is it? I don't want to waste their time, or you know, mm-hmm. when when um, when is it appropriate to call the Lifeline number? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think 
It's a very important question as well. It, it, it is not, we're not just a, an emergency service. We're a service that's there for anybody at any time. You know, if you think that you need someone to talk to, you're not sure if Lifeline's the right place, give it a go. Call 13 11 14. It might not be the right place, but it just might be the right place as well. And if it's not the right place, we can direct you to the help that you might need. So it's not just for emergencies. It absolutely is also for emergencies, though. So we are a suicide prevention service. So we are there for people at their, you know, at their absolute, um, you know, worst, I guess. However, we, we go from, you know, all kinds of different issues from people, you know, relationship issues, loss and grief issues, domestic and family violence issues, and I'm naming three out of hundreds just there. So absolutely any time for any reason, give us a ring. I'm wondering if, if someone is, is listening, listening to this and um, if the, the mention of Lifeline and seeking help, if that's stirring up any emotions in someone, could that be some kind of cue that, yeah, you know, maybe talking to someone might be a good idea? Absolutely, definitely. And I think not just if the word Lifeline is stirring up that at, at any time, if, you know, you're watching TV or you're looking at the news or you're hearing somebody's story and you just, you just don't feel right, that's a great time to ring Lifeline or to seek help. It might not be Lifeline, but to seek help. That old saying, sparks become bushfires, is very true. It's much easier to put out a spark than it is to put out a bushfire. So, you know, that's, that's one of the main, I think, beautiful things about Lifeline is that we are there for those sparks. We're there to support people through whatever it might be that they're going through at the time. And it might be the bushfire, not, you know, definitely at times it is the bushfire for people. Though we're definitely there for that time where you're just not feeling okay and you're not sure what that means and you just need some help. And that's what we're there for. And let's uh, let's talk some numbers if you have them. Do you have any statistics to hand, um, you know, nationally or in the ACT? Yes. So we take over two thousand calls a day. Wow. And that equates to approximately about a million calls a year. In Canberra, we our our contribution to that is over thirty five thousand calls. Let's just repeat that: a million calls a year. That's right. Okay. And yeah. what was the ACT stat? Over thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five thousand calls yeah. in the just in the ACT alone. The, the the Lifeline Canberra will answer. So just to clarify, it's the national service. So our callers aren't just Canberra callers. Mm -hmm. They're callers from all around the country. Mm -hmm. The system works so that if you phone thirteen eleven fourteen, you go to the next available telephone crisis supporter, and they could be sitting anywhere in the country. Okay. Yeah. Um, are there any gaps um, in, I'm thinking, for that, that sounds like a lot of calls um, and obviously we want every single one of those calls to be answered, which means you need people at the other end of the phone to pick up those calls. How are you going with funding? You know, the budget's just happened. Are there any, any gaps or any, anything, any gaps there? Look, I think it's the, the common not-for-profit answer. We can always use more money. Um, definitely, you know, with more money, we have more resources. With more resources, we answer more calls. That's the simple answer. However, there's so much more that people can do than just give give money. You know, the, the donation, as I said, is fantastic. Though, um, you know, people giving their time, like wonderful people like John sitting here next to me, you know, that that is what we need more of. Fantastic. We, the gaps in... Um, the calls coming through is is concerning out of those million calls per year some of those will go unanswered quite a lot of those will go unanswered and if you put into perspective why those people are phoning through in the first place you know it's it's pretty hard to swallow 
So we I imagine then that um, yeah, that, that that one missed call is one missed call too many, um, and I think that's a, a wonderful segue into volunteering at Lifeline this National Volunteers Week. Um, let's talk a bit about volunteering with Lifeline. What roles do uh, volunteers volunteers play at Lifeline? We're a volunteer-based organisation. Without our volunteers, we wouldn't exist. So they are absolutely crucial to the mechanism of every part of, of the organisation. We have our telephone crisis supporters who are absolutely amazing. We also have our, I mentioned before, our infamous book fairs. We have over 300 people that volunteer to make that happen as well. So that's completely run by volunteers and it's how we fund our service, which to put that into perspective is incredible as well. So so who can become a, a volunteer for Lifeline? So to, beca- <coughs> excuse me, to become a telephone crisis supporter with Lifeline, anybody with a warm heart. We get asked a lot, do I need to have a psychology degree or do I need to be you know, a certain age? Or, and the answer is no. You do have to be over 18. That's the only restriction we'll put on it. We love to hear from anybody that wants to do it. Sometimes it might not be the right time or it might not be the right place. Though if you've got that want to help people, if you've got that desire to make a difference in the world, we want to hear from you. That sounds... So anyone with a warm heart... Well, I know there are plenty of 2 double X listeners with warm hearts <laughs> listening out there. So uh, I think there's there's a pool of... And I'm sure there are, uh, there are many who are listening who probably are volunteers for Lifeline. So a shout-out to you if you're listening. Um, so the, the training to become a volunteer, what does the training cover? So the training covers as much as we possibly can cover of all you, you will expect to answer on the phones at Lifeline. Obviously we can't fully prepare people because, to be honest, you never really know what's going to be coming through the other end of that line. So we cover the, the, the volunteers you know, around the, the main issues, relationship issues, loss and grief, domestic and family violence, suicide intervention, you know, to to cover off on the issues. Though the most important thing that it covers is the skill set required. And that fundamentally is about listening and not always, uh, is not always an easy thing to do. So we spend quite a lot of time and practice around that. The training also covers, though, very importantly, self-awareness and how crucial self-awareness is when we're in a helping role to somebody else. It also covers making sure, um, not just self-awareness, but making sure that you've got support and help that you might need, you know, should you find yourself in a situation. So self-care. Exactly. Fantastic. And when is this training offered? So currently we run the program four times a year. We've just finished off around, actually, um, last week. We're about, we will start another one in July and another one another two sorry in august so if you are interested in doing the training you can find our dates and specific information on our website and that website is act.lifeline.org.au um, so please check that out if you if you're interested sounds like a very worthwhile um, training how long is the training go for uh, so it's run over eight modules. Right. Um, the timing will differ depending on what course you select to do. Essentially, though, it's over a, a approximately, um, like I said, eight modules, which are generally four hours a module. Um, and there's a little bit of homework for you to do outside those hours as well. It is quite extensive for very good reason, though. 
Well, I think that sounds great. I think that would be probably reassuring for people who are considering doing such a, a role um, is to have that um, that training and that support um, to, to, to back you up. Um, we might go to a song now and then we'll listen, um, we'll have a chat with John who is a Lifeline volunteer. Uh, the song that we're going to play is, is People Help the People by the artist Birdie.
was People Help the People by Birdie. You are listening to 2XXFM 98.3 and the program is Subject ACT. Today we're discussing volunteering in Canberra with Lifeline Training Manager Tracy McMahon and Volunteer John. So John, your role as a volunteer um, with Lifeline, Mm -hmm. can you tell me a bit about about what your role is and what that means? Well, I'm a, a telephone crisis supporter with Lifeline, which means I'm one of the people that answers the phone. So if you ring 13 11 14, um, you'll get a crisis supporter from somewhere around Australia, and, and one of them is me. So you're one of those warm-hearted people that Tracy was talking yeah. about that picks up the phone. That's a lovely way to put it. I, I like to think that, that I'm warm-hearted. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So how long have you been a Lifeline volunteer? For about 12 months now. And what brought you to this specific volunteer work? I mean, the, the idea of giving your time, um, mm-hmm. there, there are invol- this is volunteer, National Volunteer Week and we've been talking a lot about lots of volunteer roles. Um, so you had a choice of your things that you could have um, dedicated your time to. What was it about this specific volunteer work? Why this organisation and why this role? Well, I actually... Um came to Lifeline. Uh, originally I started volunteering with a group called Safe Shelter, so if, uh, if you've heard of, right. of them, um, yep. they provide um, a place, a safe place for homeless men to sleep during winter in Canberra um, and they're a fantastic group, so yeah, if, if you're looking for another volunteering opportunity a I would safe recommend place. a safe place, safe mm-hmm. shelter or if you need a safe place to sleep. Um, and I volunteered with them over two winters, and that was great, um, and I really enjoyed that. But I had a particular experience when I was at Safe Shelter when one of the homeless men came in, and he, he quite clearly had some mental health issues, and I really struggled. I didn't know how to talk to him. I didn't know what to say. I felt really, really lost in interacting with him, and I did my best, um, but I just thought, you know, I, I would really love some training in this area. I would really love to know how to be able to connect with someone like this and so I looked around and and thought I'd I'd like to do some training I I probably don't have the time to do a four-year psychology degree (laughs) so (laughs) where can I get some some training that's that's well recognized and and will give me some of these skills to to engage with people in the community who who um, you know could do with someone to talk to and so many people said, oh, Lifeline, Lifeline training's amazing. You should do the Lifeline training. And so I looked into it and, and yeah, applied and was accepted and did the training, and I'm so glad that I did. Did you have any concerns about or any apprehensions or nerves about doing the training at all? Um, yeah, oh, I don't know about nerves. It was, I suppose I didn't know entirely what to expect. I knew that I wanted to um, expand my knowledge you know, in, in, in that area because I've, I come from a scientific engineering background um, and I knew that I wanted to use the other side of my brain <laughs> be a more balanced person. So I, I was, I sort of threw myself into it. Um, some parts of the training were were a bit nerve-wracking at the time, but I, I'm really glad that I did it. So you mentioned um, the science part of your part of your brain. So mm-hmm. so um, that's your your other life, if you like. That's My your your life. regular work. My day job. Yeah, I'm a software engineer um, during the day, um, and at night time, I'm a 
well, now I'm not a Cape Crusader, but I... I uh, <laughs> You're a warm-hearted... <laughs> yeah. yeah. It, it's such a contrast, my, my day job and my uh, volunteering role. And I, I actually love that. It, it gives me a, a, the chance to, to be a, a bigger person, I suppose. Let's go to the training part mm-hmm. um, of, uh, at Lifeline. What was the training like for you? It, well, it was fantastic. It, it really was. And I can see why so many people have recommended it. Um, it challenged me. Um, interestingly, though, looking back on it, you, you look back on the skills that you learn and the things that you taught and you go, oh, it all just makes sense. Like, it's just, it just seems like common sense now. But before I did the training, they're not things that I really would have thought about. So, Did it give yeah. you a, um, uh, you're obviously, um, as we've mentioned, you're a this we've mentioned this a, a few times now being a warm-hearted person mm-hmm. um, and as you say that that wanting to help someone mm-hmm. but did the training then offer you a framework to to apply that and that wanting to help and give you then a guide of mm. you know how to how to do that help absolutely yeah and I think that's one of the real strengths of the training because as a you know you can be the, the warmest hearted person in the world and want to help people but if you don't know the right way or you don't know the most effective way to help someone and and I know uh, often we talk about evidence-based um, uh, training or evidence-based well, medicine is an area where they talk about it but it, it works here at Lifeline too that it's really evidence-based so um, they know what works they know the ways to help people that, that are actually effective because you can be you can have the warmest heart in the world and and really want to help people but you can go about it the wrong way and, and the lifeline training shows you ways that actually work. That must be really reassuring to know that there are some systems to to go to, some go to yeah. tools and to go to systems yep. and um, fr- and frameworks, as we mentioned. Absolutely. Can I ask you? Do you remember how you felt as you picked up your very first phone call? Uh-huh. Uh, Yes, I remember how I felt. Well, actually, when you when you start on the phones at Lifeline, you have a mentor sitting right next to you. So as, as a student on the phones, um, after you've had your training, you do get to answer real phone calls with real people, but you have a mentor sitting next to you, which is so reassuring because you know that if you're absolutely panicking and don't know what to say, they can slip you a little note saying, you know, have you thought about this? Maybe try that. Um, and I guess that's a, that's quite a different thing, isn't it? That you can have all the training in the world, but when you've got someone who is at that really vulnerable state, I guess, mm-hmm. making that phone call, mm-hmm. um, I guess a lot of us may not know how we might really react in a real-life situation. So yeah. to have that support um, next to you um, to, to support you through that fo- phone call must be really important. It, yeah, it was. <laughs> Are you able to um, share with us what... Um, oh, sorry, so you said you had support mm-hmm. um, with you. So you did you feel um, quite okay about that call? Were you... Oh, were you I, was, I was very nervous. Mm-hmm. And, and thinking about this... Um, uh, you know, I still am nervous when I answer the phone because you're never quite sure what's going to, uh, you know, what the crisis is going to be that someone calls up with. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, if, if someone is suicidal, then, you know, it, it's it's really quite stressful to answer that call. But because of the training and, and the support that we have, I, I feel confident that I can, I can deal with a call like that. But it's still a nerve-wracking experience. And the the interesting thing is that some calls really stick with you and some calls don't. And, you know, at at the time when I'm on the phone, absolutely I'm focused on that person, that caller, um, and 
I give them all my attention and I, I do my very best for that caller. But after the call is over, I know that because the service is completely anonymous, they don't know me, I don't know them, I can put the, the details of that call to the side and get myself ready to answer the next call. So there are, there are calls where I just can't remember what they are about. Yep. There are some that stick with you where they're, you know, a particular issue that perhaps um, resonates with you or a particularly difficult call where you've, where you've struggled and you've needed some support yourself afterwards. Sure, and so that, that support is available to the volunteers, um, you know, that debriefing, I imagine, afterwards and support, and like you were mentioning before, that self-care. Yep, yep, absolutely, absolutely. The support is amazing at Lifeline. That's wonderful to hear. So how often do you volunteer, John? Um, roughly once a week. Okay. I, I do occasionally go away for a holiday or something like that, and, and they seem okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> so in terms of commitment, you know, once, once a week, um, uh, and how long would a shift normally be? Um, they vary, but, you know, it, it's a, a few hours that you spend on the phones. You, you, you couldn't spend too long, I think, because it, it is actually exhausting at the end of a shift. Sometimes you're really tired. Um, has it become you've been doing it for I think you said 12 months yeah right? about that. has it become easier or harder as time has gone on um, in some ways it's easier because you become familiar just with well you know familiar with the equipment to start with how the phone system works how the computer system works and you you become more familiar with the the types of calls that you're likely to receive but you're constantly surprised by um, the crises that, that you hear about and I think that's a good thing you know pe people are all different and they, they have different crises, crises and um, yeah I, I don't ever want to become complacent. What would you say John to anyone who is considering volunteering with Lifeline? Well it's been fantastic for me and I often tell people actually that I feel like I, I get more out of my volunteering than I give um, because it's been such a rewarding experience for me and it it actually feels like a privilege to answer the phone at Lifeline because someone in crisis is phoning up and they're inviting you into their life and it, you know they're in a time of crisis and they're reaching out and they need some support and and to be the person who's able to support them honestly feels like a privilege. That sounds wonderful and it sounds like a common theme we've been hearing this week in National Volunteering Week. Uh, we're about to run out of time. Unfortunately, we could talk about this uh, um, in a lot more detail. Um, but Tracy, who can people talk to if they're interested in becoming a Lifeline volunteer but are not quite sure? Uh, if you're not quite sure, I really encourage you to, to get onto our website, www.act.lifeline.org.au. Do a little bit of research. But then best thing to do is pick up the phone and give us a call because anything you're not sure about, we can clarify and confirm. And if you are interested, have a look, do it. It's something, like John said, it's a privilege. It's a wonderful thing to do. It's really common for our volunteers to say they get more out of it than what they give. It's an amazing, 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 amazing thing to do with your time. So if you're interested, I encourage you to, to investigate. Fantastic. And just very quickly, a little plug here. Now, John, you're off to do a, some fundraising in the form of a fun run. Um, I'll just quickly give out the, um, the website uh, address so people can sponsor you and find out more. The web address is tinyurl, T-I-N-Y-U-R-L dot com slash John Two double X. That's very handy, isn't it? Thanks it for is. that, John. <laughs> John J O N. <laughs> That's right. Thank you for that. <laughs> J O N two double X. Uh, we'll also put a link up on our subject ACT page. 
Stay tuned for more people-powered programs coming up after the news on 2XX FM 98.3. I'm Jennifer Thompson. Have a great day.